Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, the only podcast in existence. That's not true. <laughs> I am Brand. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, hello. Hey, how's it going? We are usually a podcast that will break down an album. One of us who is familiar with the album will give it to the other who has never heard it. They'll listen to it for a week and we'll come back and talk about it and rate it and discuss it and break it down and disintegrate it and crush it down into pieces and talk about it a lot. (laughs) Not this episode, though. No. Not this episode. This is an episode where we are talking about something else happening in music. We are talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2022. Yes. Which... You could argue the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke. Uh, People have for years. You could argue that the representation in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame isn't great, which kind of still agree with. Um, But (laughs) nonetheless, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a pillar of music. You can't just say rock music anymore because it's just the Music Hall of Fame at this point. Yep, it really is. With the acts getting in, which we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the acts getting in. We're going to talk about... Um, who knows what we dive into today? I don't yeah. make the notes for this. I <laughs> come into these episodes and I am just a sounding board that Scott says things and I react. That's what we do with these episodes. So I am going to hand this baton off because you may not hear me for another 35, 40 minutes. Who knows? Who knows what Scott's going to do here? Uh, Scott, take the reins. Take the reins <laughs> sure. on this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episode by all means because I'm floundering. Sure. First off, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction happens in like two days after this gets posted. I have always been like a fan of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know why. I I love museums and I love music. So it's a really great blending of the two. Emily and I actually went there for our honeymoon for the first part of our honeymoon. And it was super awesome. We sped through like the museum part of it, not realizing what the rest of the actual physical building was like. It's it's shaped like a pyramid, and the mm-hmm. bottom level is like all the cool memorabilia from all these bands. You go up another level, and it like there's a wall of like all the inducted bands and all their names and like signatures etched in stone. You go up another level, and it's like a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a second, and then you go up another level, and it's the peak of it, and it's usually set aside for just one band that they really shine a light on at the time uh when we went it was the clash so no it was the doors uh so i was really stoked about that the clash was like the week after we were there okay which i would have really preferred but um i'm a big doors fan as well so it worked out for me that'd be a toss-up for me between the clash and the doors yeah, because I don't really have like I, I whatever the clash like yeah I I know what they did whatever but I don't I don't really care about the clash I also okay. don't really care about the doors but I think I like more door songs and I like clash songs gotcha I think there's always been a part of me that mm-hmm. the clash were always heralded as these like huge punks but to yeah. me it never sounded like punk it just sounds like classic rock so it never they, did it for me they did a lot of mixtures of sounds mm-hmm. that not it's not your punk. You know what I mean? This was late seventies 
getting like they were the first kind of political punk band and i think they were considered punks because they weren't really fit into another genre at the time like they were doing something completely different and they they did have like the roaring guitars and the the snotty sneery vocals and the there was a lot of political in the clash and i think just that just all that put together made them the punk icons that they are. I, I love the clash. I love the mixture of sounds that they came up with until cut the crap. That was a terrible non clash record. You know what? Throw clash, throw a clash record on the list. I've never, listened I, to a, do I don't think a full clash record and I may appreciate it more now, but they're just, they've never done it for me. I don't really like the sure. doors either because the doors is pretty fucking boring a lot of the time. If, especially if you're not taking into consideration like who Jim Morrison was. Like, if you just listen to the music, it's some of it's pretty fucking boring. I struggle with that because I'm a big doors fan and I've listened to all their records. And I like, I like there's the doors. a I've, distinct difference. I've owned shirts. Yeah. I've never I've, owned a class shirt, but I've owned door shirts. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I can see where it was also a different time, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yeah. Oh, I know because my dad, that was a big deal. Like Jim Morrison and the doors was huge to my dad. And yeah. that was one of the big ones. It, it And, but he didn't like affect me the way he did with the Beatles where like, I don't ever want to hear the Beatles again. Like I don't <laughs> mind listening to the doors, but I will be bored. <laughs> I will right. be bored on <laughs> some tracks for the doors. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a clash episode or a doors episode. This is a rock and roll hall of fame episode. This week is the 37th annual rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony. Uh, It's going to take place on November 5th. I think this episode is coming out November 2nd. And it's going to take place at the Microsoft Theater in L.A. But Which is weird because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is actually in Cleveland. So, Or travels, doesn't it? Doesn't the induction ceremony travel around? Does it? I have no idea. I'm like 95% sure it does. Okay. Because it's, I think, it's like the Super Bowl, I think. Like, they take bids on who's going to host it because they know people are going to come. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge deal. Like I never get to see it actually happen like via streaming or anything like that. Like, I don't think it actually shows anywhere, but I see videos of it after the fact. Does it? It streams, it streams somewhere. I don't know where, but it definitely streams somewhere. I would love to find it sometime. Maybe not with this. I wonder if it's like a pay-per-view thing. I wonder if you have to pay for it. Yeah. I bet you have to like donate to the, to the hall. (laughs) Or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, probably. I probably wouldn't enjoy this class's induction ceremony as much as like another one, but um, maybe I'll. I think there's hits and misses in all of them. Yeah. Oh, there definitely is. It's also going to reach a point where they're going to mean more and more to you because it's already there for me. But I mean, like, it's going to get even more. Like, the longer that you pay attention to it, the more artists are going to like, even the early influence people are going to start to oh, yeah. make, you know, make more sense to you. I think the first time it meant a lot to me was possibly 2018. And that was when Nirvana got in. Uh, it was their They were first ballot entrance inductees or whatever. That was one of the big ones for me. I have a list of all the, <laughs> of all the inductee inducted, artists and stuff but there there's a few that now 2018 couldn't have been it because i really love 2011 to tom waits got put in 2003 was the clash is um is foo fighter are, are foo fighters eligible yet they got in last year okay yeah so they dave grohl is a first. double yeah they were first ballot too yeah dave grohl's a double first ballot entrant yeah which is wild because there are so many bands that have been snubbed or you know they've been waiting years and years there's at least one on this on this year's inductees that should have happened let's call it 15 years ago yeah at least one i'll tell you one that you might be surprised by they have been snubbed for 32 years not even been nominated share yeah yeah, it's a wild one. That's a fucking yeah. insane one. Didn't Chicago just get in like two years ago? They just got in a couple. It might have been a couple years longer than that. Uh, 2016. 2016 yeah. is when they got in. Yeah. Still insane. Yeah. Super insane? Wild. Come on. Chicago? Yeah. You know how many hits Chicago had? Tons. <laughs> they started in 1967. Yeah. Their first record. So one of the one of the 
the things uh, to be eligible, it has to be 25 years after your first release. Yeah. That, that's like the main thing. Like that's the timestamp on what your career is. <laughs> yeah. So Chicago should have been in what? Like 94? Is that 25 years after 67? They should have been in first ballot, if we're being honest. They've sold 100 million records and have 38 albums today. Yeah, they're they're a wild band. It's it's so dumb. And I yeah. and from what I understand, it was it was a the board of the Hall of Fame. They had beef with a couple members of the band yeah. and Yeah. It sucks that that personal shit can get brought in, but Oh, it definitely It's also does. nice to see that now that uh, like more diverse bands and artists are getting put in, when you get put oh, in, sure. then you then get a vote. Is that how it goes? I I was unaware of that. I'm like 98% sure that's how it works, where once okay. you get put in the Hall of Fame, then you are, you get a vote to vote for who's coming the next year, and then for gotcha. every year after that. Now, you're not necessarily on the board. That's a whole nother thing. That's a different thing, yeah. But, yeah, you get a vote. And, like, you, you get know, a vote then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you will see more hip-hop artists and stuff, too, because once hip-hop gets in, then you can start getting more of those and more people voting. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's be honest, Tupac and Biggie aren't getting votes, but... They're already in. I meant they're not getting to vote. Oh, they don't get to vote. <laughs> yeah, <gotcha. laughs> I was like, wait. I knew they were in. Yeah, I yeah. knew they were in. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has different like categories of entrance. You have your mm-hmm. performers, who are the artists that created the music. You have Musical Excellence Awards, giving to artists, musicians, songwriters, and producers whose originality and influence creating music have had a dramatic impact on music. You have Early Influence Award who are artists whose music and performance style have directly influenced, inspired, and evolved rock and roll and music, impacting youth culture. And then you have the Ahmet Ergutgun, E-R-T-E-G-U-N. It's like industry. Isn't like industry Yeah, people? it's non-performing industry professionals who have had a major influence on the creative development and growth of rock and roll music that has impacted youth culture. So yeah. you have those four categories of entry. Are you aware of like the history with the Ahmet Award? No, I have no idea. How? Well, I don't know like the history of how it created. I don't know who Ahmet. I don't want to butcher his last name. Yeah, I Ahmet did. Ardigan, Ard, I don't Ardigan. I knew how to say it earlier, and you said it wrong, and now I'm in my head. So I'm not going <laughs> to try to say it. Ahmet Erdogan. But basically, Bruce Springsteen's entire band, Bruce Springsteen's manager, they're all in the hall because of this award like bruce springsteen somehow somehow like has a connection to the board and everybody who's ever done anything for bruce springsteen got in in in. (laughs) so i don't know i don't know if do you want to start from like the bottom like do you want to start with the industry awards since it's the least like flashy we have with the ahmed ergen award uh alan grubman uh he Mm -hmm. was a founder of the rock and roll hall of fame Yep, he's a, he's he's the current secretary treasury of the board. Yeah, he represented rock and roll's biggest stars, including Bruce Springsteen, U2, mm-hmm. Sting, John Mellencamp, Madonna, Lionel Richie, Elton John, Lady Gaga, and many more. Say that first one again. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, he's Bruce Springsteen's lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He's, so uh, he did all the negotiating for all these bands. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen's manager. His whole band, all the all yep. the E Street members. Bruce Springsteen's wife's in because she's in the E Street band, I believe. Yes, she is. Uh, and now they, his they rightfully should be though. They rightfully what should is be. happening? The e band is Why does Bruce Springsteen have a stranglehold on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> Ahmet Aragon Award? Why? What's he doing? Because why not? Who else? Like is I gonna- said, who else? I have nothing against. I have nothing against Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> but it's just weird that like every year it's like. You know, <laughs> you know, my realtor. <laughs> yeah, like he sold me the house that I put the studio in. He really should get in for this. My my limo driver for three years from 85 to 89. That's four years. That's four I'm years. But yeah, sure. I'm bad at math. No, he, he took a year off. So he's still yeah, only three. I years. like it. Took a year That's fine. Yeah, I, I it's it's wild to me. Uh, it just yeah. feels like, the, especially it it feels a little gross to me when like another when a member of the board gets in. It's just it just yeah, feels I'm like I'm not a big fan of that self congratulatory and like patting yeah. yourselves on the back. And it's let's be honest, usually a white dude. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm being honest, if I came up with some kind of rock and roll hall of fame type deal, 
you better believe I'm putting myself in there. <laughs> but see, I don't know. I feel like get off the board for a year and then get in. I know it would still feel gross because yeah. like you're only doing it to do that. But I don't know. It just feels weird when one of your major things is on the board of the Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right. Also getting the Ahmed Award this year, Jimmy Iovine. Guess, guess what he engineered? <laughs> he engineered uh, such acts as Bruce Springsteen and John Lennon. <laughs> Born to Run. He engineered Born to Run. Dude, that is arguably one of the best records ever made, though. That record is in my top five of all time. I've never listened to it front to back. You haven't? Mm-mm. I've, I oh. guarantee you I've probably heard every one of the songs, but I've never probably. listened to it as an album. It's so good. Wild yeah. that Bruce Springsteen has a stranglehold on the entire Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Jimmy Iovine also did albums for like Patti Smith, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, and U2. Oh, no, I, I'm not saying he's he's not, you know, he shouldn't yeah. be in, which also, I'm also not saying that Grubman shouldn't be in, but right. I hope it. They, I hope they don't go up there and talk for 45 minutes. Even though I'm not watching, I'm not watching the fucking <laughs> ceremony, so it doesn't really matter to me either. But right. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just think about the people there. Like, who the fuck's there to see Grubman? His kids, right? Well, Iveen did a lot of stuff. I, I don't know shit about Grubman. Iveen, did a lot of stuff. Like he founded inner. I knew the name Jimmy Iveen. Like I didn't yeah. know who fucking Alan yeah. Grubman was, but like the, the name Jimmy Iveen at least means something. Yeah, he did stuff for Tupac and Fifty Cent, yeah. and Lady Gaga and the Black Eyed Peas. Like he mm-hmm. he's done a lot. But yeah, um, Jimmy Iovine. And then there's, uh, and there's so, one more, Sylvia Robinson. Mm-hmm. Also, can I please say, never has been a female executive in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame until Sylvia Robinson. She's yeah. the very first female executive. It is 2022. The Rock yeah. and Roll Hall of Fame was formed when? 80... 86. 86. 86, guys. 86. That's just because women executives didn't exist until like last year, right? Well, yeah. Right? Like there were no women there were no women executives, so how do we I put mean, them in the Hall of Fame if they don't exist? 25 years ago. Come on now. <laughs> Unreal. I know. Unreal. The, actually this this induction class is really crazy. It's got six females being inducted this year. Oh no, like, yeah, cuz uh, it's a high I, I, they're starting to realize we fucked up. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> we've been doing, we've been putting nothing but white guys in here. We got to figure this out. Yeah. But Sylvia Robinson, huge for hip hop. Yeah. Founder of Sugar Hill Records. Yeah. She found the Sugar Hill gang, like arguably put out the first major hip hop record. Rapper's Delight. Yeah. Huge. She was big with like Grandmaster Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she, she a hundred percent deserves it more than, well, definitely more than Grubman, but yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll let, I'll let, also, we don't need to compare any of these. They're all getting in. So it feels weird to yeah. compare well, them. Congratulations to anyway. all of them though. <laughs> yes. But, well, yeah, no, Grubman. Yeah. I'm but, still going to shit on Grubman. I don't give a shit. I'm going to shit on Grubman because I don't know who he is. And I'm going to continue to shit on Grubman <laughs> this entire episode. But Sylvia Robinson, that's huge. I think that's, that's amazing. That was a good move. Agreed. I yeah. Agree. But that's, that's it for the, the Ahmed award. Really influence award. We got Harry Balafonte. Um, if you don't know who Harry Belafonte is, he did the Deo song. Like, Deo. Me said, Deo, me said, Deo, me said, Deo, me said, Deo. He did. Shake, 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 senora. Shake your body, right? That's that's yep. Harry Belafonte. Yep, jumping the line. But yeah, so so Harry Belafonte got in. And then Elizabeth Cotton. I don't know much about her. I have a bunch of notes for her, but. Um, early, early blues. Blues guitar player. Yeah. Uh, she, apparently she started uh, a form of guitar playing um, that became pretty popular. It came became known as cotton style. Uh, it became like it was a finger picking style. I wasn't going to stand. Yeah. Yes, and it became know. known as finger picking, which which seems like we shouldn't be saying it. You mean cotton picking? What did I say? You said finger picking. Well, she. She it, came, it was a finger picking style, style that, that yeah. became known as cotton picking. That seems like we shouldn't be saying it, but, but it also is her name. Yes. Yeah. But it feels like it was called that for different reasons when it was created, probably. Well, she she's left handed and she taught herself to play guitar upside down. Mm-hmm. So that that's the cotton style, like picking the bass strings uh, with her fingers and then using her thumb to play the treble strings. 
Yeah, I, I had no idea who she was, but yeah, I also think that let's be real. I mean, she lived to be ninety four. She didn't start recording until her sixties. I know, I know. She was yeah. born in eighteen ninety three. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, but there's a difference between recording and playing the guitar. You know, you know, she learned how to play guitar way before she recorded anything. Yeah, uh, she started. She started playing music as a kid. Does the uh, does the twenty five year thing count towards early influence? Also, I don't. I don't think so. I can't because in that case they should have put her in in nineteen eighty six. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, sure. yeah, while she was alive. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I will shit on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it seems like a entire just industry. I yeah. love it as much as you do. Like, I get excited when people I like get into it and everything. I, I'm the same okay. way, but yeah, I feel the need to shit on it. No, I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Cotton was actually declared a National Heritage Fellow by the National Endowment for the Arts and recognized as a living treasure by the Smithsonian Institution. She received a Grammy Award at the age of 90. Her best-known composition, Freight Train, was written when she was only 12. Yeah. So she wrote her best-known song at the age of 12 and won a Grammy at 90. Yeah. Why? I, actually, I, I heard a clip of the track, and I mean, it's it just sounds like an old blues it's, track. It's a like blues track, yeah, yeah, like a folk blues song. I think because it was such a wild style of guitar playing, yeah, like left-handed and upside down. Yeah, she she deserves it. She's yeah, she's a national treasure. Yeah, she. It, I mean, that's what the early influence is for. Yeah, like that's what that's what the it's what it's there for. So now we're getting into the meat, right? Like now we're into the meat. Yeah, now we're getting into, into the bigger stuff. This is the uh, Musical Excellence Awards. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis got it this year. Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson producers. Yeah, they are. They are the innovators of the Minneapolis sound. They blended jazz and soul and R and B, mixed it with a bit of funk, and uh, came up with that. Yeah, that early like Janet Jackson, Morris Day in the Time kind of sound. This is where I'm like, okay, that's two more votes for somebody who wouldn't have gotten in 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like that's right. That's what you need. You need those people in there as votes for other other acts that later on you yeah. have no chance. Right. Yeah. They're they're a great addition too. like that sound in the 80s was huge. Oh, for pop like, music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For pop music. It was, it was amazing. Janet Jackson. You know, uh, what was that album? Control, I think, was that album? Was a big one. Yeah, big, big. I mean, Rhythm Nation was big, too, but Control was the monster. That was the, well, Rhythm Nation was more like, it seemed more like a collective with Janet Jackson. Like, it, there was definitely other people. Control definitely felt more like a, like a Janet Jackson solo project type thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was super big. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis did some stuff with Mary J. Blige and New Edition as well. Yeah, they both deserve it too. Again, two names that I I've heard, but I don't know if I knew who they were before looking into them about the Rock and Roll Hall. Yeah, but you have to be pretty pretty big producers, especially back then, to be known. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh yeah. Now, now I've I've put more of a concerted effort, especially in hip hop, to find out producers and get more into producers and realize how yeah. how instrumental they are. Yeah, because you can take an album from the same rapper take multiple albums yeah. from the same rapper. And if they're done by different producers, they sound completely different. Yeah. One of them could be trash. I was waiting for you to input on a certain Freddie artist. Gibbs? Um, no, I thought you were gonna... well, I was talking individual albums with producers. Oh, because Fred, Freddie has a bunch oh. of different producers on See, things. I well, that's what I was saying. Like alchemist and Freddie Gibbs on Alfredo was amazing all the way through. Okay. Freddie yeah. Gibbs on this last record that he just put out. Eh, not my favorite. I, I was gonna say uh, I was gonna bring up the Jay Worthy produced Versace tape oh, uh, by Boldy. Yeah, because I I know how much you did not enjoy that production. I hated all. that production, and then everything else Boldy put out. You know, the three other records he put out that year uh, were amazing. <laughs> yeah, I still liked it, but it's definitely the 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 fourth of that ranking. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of the year. Yeah. Uh, the next musical excellence award goes to Judas Priest. That seems like a different kind of way in for for that band. Yeah, but like, I think to me that probably means they did not do well in the fan vote. I was wondering about that. I don't know. And they they have to get them in, 
And yeah. if this is the way to do it, because I think a lot of those guys have had health problems like recently. Oh, okay. So like get them in now, like while yeah. they're doing it. And, and if this could set the precedent, because let's be real, metal has never really been a big deal to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, it's not a big deal for anybody that is in the music business except for metal fans. So like Judas Priest getting in, they should have been in a long time ago. Yes, but if yeah. this is how we start to get these acts in through musical excellence, yeah, I, I think they'll still perform. I think Judas Priest will still perform, even though it's a musical it. excellence. Yeah. Like I think they'll be given the treatment. They won't even mention that it's musical excellence. They'll just like in, induct them like, like it's a normal well. one. Yeah. Yeah. But this may lead I, I was listening to another podcast talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And oh, they okay. said that this this could lead to like your black flags getting in down the road fantastic. in in yeah. this way because they're not going to black flags not going to get in the normal no way. they're not going to no. they won't but like your black flags your bad brains like those those bands could get in through musical excellence now i i appreciate it yeah, <laughs> i don't care how they get in i think i think the earlier wave of punk needs to get in and, and i do love judas priest i can't say i've listened to every record but I mean, unreal musicians, I've unreal. To a few records of theirs, but not like I know what is it? British Steel, that mm-hmm. was one of the big ones. Violator, you know, Turbo. Like, yeah, what's that one with the eagle on the top on the cover? Screaming for vengeance. Yeah, that one. Yeah, their their newest record was great. Was it? I think it was. Is it Painkiller or is that that's an old one? Painkiller. I think an that's old an older one. one. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. I think there's a robot on the cover. It was really good still. Like they're still doing it. They're still mm. fucking putting out great music and they should have been in years ago, but I'm glad they're getting in either way. Like I, I love yeah. it. They de- they definitely deserve to be in. So now is the actual now, meet. This is it. This is where we're going. This is the performers. Mm-hmm. We have five performers getting in this year, which I always, I, I think is, weird like they're the number of performers that get put in it changes each year yeah um, i wish they would up the number I, I yeah i don't know how you go about maybe it's just i think last year get a certain level of votes or something i don't know i think last year there were like seven but i think that was because they called off one six. year okay six last year uh foo fighters go-go's jay-z carol king todd rundgren and tina turner what was the year janet jackson got in because I think there were a lot that year, too. That was 2019. There were seven. It was seven. The Cure. Yeah. Callback, The Cure. Def Leppard, Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks, Radiohead, Roxy Music, and The Zombies. Yeah, I think that I think seven's a good number. Because at this point, there needs to be almost, and it feels like weird to say it, but like we need to just wash a lot of these, a lot of these acts in there. So then like yeah. other acts have a chance because these acts need to be in and it's just a matter of waiting. Like if you know, they're going to be in, put them in. Right. But I also get like giving them their due and you can't make the ceremony 14 hours. Like, I guess I get right. that too. Yeah. I don't know. You'd think at this time of capitalism, the rock and roll hall of fame will be like, <laughs> well, we're going to do rock and roll hall of fame week. And then they introduce like, you oh, know, man, could you imagine three a day, three a day or something. Well, I mean for a week, just so I wrote down a list of snubs that like I'm, upset about okay and it is lengthy and it's not even half the list of snubs most of my snubs would be like metal acts so it's hard for me to because like you said like we know metal is disrespected motorhead, in all motorhead is not in yeah yeah motorhead been eligible for 20 years they've been eligible mm-hmm. they've been on they've been on the 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 voting ballot once in 20 years ozzy osbourne isn't in there uh, for his solo stuff, he's in there with Bla- uh, Black Sabbath, but not his solo stuff. And he's been yeah. eligible for 17 years. Pantera's been eligible for 14. That's a rough one today to put in, though. Yeah, you can't really put him in. Iron Maiden, 18 years. They've been eligible. That's, that's the metal situation, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I'm Well, I'm giving you the metal ones. Yeah. Like, I have a lot more. Like, A Tribe Called Quest should be in. Alice in Chains. B fifty two. I bet you tribe. I bet you tribe goes in next year because they they I were strong contenders this year. I bet you they go in next year. They were on. They were nominated one year. Bad brains, black flag, buzzcocks. I already mentioned share the dead Kennedys, Devo, Fugazi, Husker Du, Joy Division, Kate Bush, Mary J. Blige, MC Five, Megadeth, Nas, New York Dolls, The Offspring, Outcast, Pavement. 
I know you're not a fan, but Pavement, <laughs> they did some crazy shit. They deserve to be I in think- Rage Against the Machine, The Replacements, The Runaways, Slayer has been eligible for 14 years, Smashing Pumpkins, Soundgarden, The Specials, like early early ska guys, I think they need to get in. Stone Temple Pilots, Thin Lizzy has been eligible for 27 years. Uh, Tool has been eligible for Pass. five. Weezer, Wu-Tang, Weird Al has been eligible for 18 years. And has yeah, not been yeah. Weird Al. Weird Al's a big one. Weird Al needs to be in there. I think Devo was rumored this year, but they didn't make it. I bet you Devo gets next couple years. Devo gets Dude, in. MC Five have been nominated six fucking times and haven't gotten in. I think they're going to put MC Five in as probably like early influence at this point. To be honest, yeah, with you. yeah, they really should because that band needs to get in. Mm-hmm. Like they're. I'm a. I think MC5 might be on the list for you. I don't know if you've ever listened to a full yeah, record. Of I've never listened to a full record. Dude, they're amazing. Like early, early punk kind of stuff. Yeah, like prototype punk. Yeah. Like they came up with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Yeah. They, they need to get in. And then that would help all the other, that would help fucking bad brains. That would help black flag. That would help dead Kennedys. Like mm-hmm. all those other early, like second wave punk bands get in. They need that punk section of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah, I, it, but it also makes me worry that they they will do like a, a punk wing and they'll put in like 15, 16 acts and they won't even bring them to the ceremony. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's what I worry about. Well, they all deserve. They do. But how many of those dudes are going to show up? That's true. How many of those dudes are still alive? <laughs> they just don't want to be there. So Henry that, that could be another up. part of it, too. I, I would love to see Henry Rollins. I would, too. I'll listen yeah. to his speech all day. I I would listen to it over and over again. I love listening to him talk. Yeah, he's wild, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he, he really, really is. But this year's performers, twenty twenty two, getting inducted as a performer, Carly Simon. Yep. She emerged in the seventies as a gifted storyteller and lyricist who broke established narratives, writing exquisite songs about modern women's lives. Her confessional balladry, gorgeous melodies, and catchy choruses made her a captivating voice among a new generation of singer-songwriters. So, yeah, she she was big for female artists uh, in the 70s. She won the Best New Artist Grammy in 71 for a self-titled album. And then on that album, That's the Way I've Always Heard It Should Be, was a top 10 single. Have you listened to any Carly Simon? Very little. The album... Ooh, I'm gonna, oh, it's going to be hard to pull this. I don't know if it's the album or the song off the album. Boys in the Tree, I think it's called. Boys in the Tree, something like okay. that. Yeah. Um, I, I have it on vinyl. I think it's fantastic. My mother loves Carly Simon. My mm. aunt loved Carly Simon way more than my mom does. And I think that's probably why my mom loves Carly Simon. Gotcha. But she is, she's, she, she's great, but it's also one of those, you hear it, it's definitely of the time. Of oh, Carly for sure. Simon. Yeah. She actually, um, She's the first performer to win the Academy Award, a Golden Globe, and a Grammy for "Let the River Run" from a film from the film "Working Girl." Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Academy Awards in this in this set of nominees here. Like, there's a yeah. lot of them. Yeah, there really is. But yeah, Carly Simon getting in is is pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah, this is the first year that there is more acts with women than with men ever. Yeah, which is wild right 2022 it's pretty crazy that is pretty crazy <laughs> i mean it like I said, it's, it's them catching up is what it is i mean last year they had carol king and tina turner which i mean it's two but they're in there the year before that they had whitney houston so they're like slowly getting female for a while there it was kind of just like we need to get a woman in like it was just yeah. one like they had to put one woman in but now i think they're being recognized more as artists which i appreciate more Joan Jett got put in in 2015. After being snubbed yeah. for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. These are all after being snubbed for a long time. Like Joan Baez mm-hmm. got put in in 2017. Yeah. Uh, Linda Ronstadt got in in 2014. Hart was 2013. Like Donna Summer was 2013. But it's like ones and twos every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jenna Jackson and Stevie Nicks got in 2019. It's about time that they have like a pretty female heavy year yeah agreed. and I, i'm i'm glad and the ones getting inducted this year seem to be worth it you know what i mean sylvia robinson carly simon the few more that we're gonna mention 
great great inductees. Uh, next up, Lionel Richie is getting inducted this year. The Lionel Richie. Yeah, when it comes to Lionel Richie, there is a I feel like there's a snub with this. Not not him, but I feel like him getting in and the com because with him getting in, the Commodores were never gonna get in now. Right. I I don't see like them if, ever getting in. If yeah. he's already in, the Commodores will never get in. The yeah. Commodores should have been in years ago, if I'm being hundred percent honest. I agree. But I mean, good for Lionel, like good for Lionel Richie. I'm not the biggest Lionel Richie fan. I like a few tracks here and there. there there's some records of his that are like I'm kind of big on, but it's because like my parents love like I listen to that stuff in the car driving with my parents, yeah. right? So like I, I think, dance on a ceiling and uh was that all night long? You might have pulled the worst fucking Lionel song. Dancing on the ceilings, but it was all but it was all over the radio when I was a kid. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like it's a Saint Anger issue. Like I like that song, (laughs) but it's awful. It's awful. But I mean, he's got like "Hello" and "Endless Endless Love" is a big one that he did with. Mm -hmm. uh, Fuck, who was the duet he did it with? Well, all night long will be his close that he closes his set with. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, say you, say me, say you, say me. Say it together. But I do I do wish the Commodores got in because I do love the Commodores. I think they're unreal yeah. how good the Commodores are. Yeah. So just a little snub there. Just seems wild to me. Uh, Lionel Richie's first debut album, his solo debut, earned his first Grammy. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Which is pretty crazy. Um, his follow-up, Can't Slow Down, rocketed him into the stratosphere, selling over 20 million copies and winning album of the year. Lionel sold, man. Yeah. Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson worked together to do the the We Are the World, mm-hmm. uh, that that charity that raised millions for African hunger relief, and being that huge huge hit with oh like thirty pop artists of the time, yeah, pretty awesome. Next up, a big one that I'm super happy that finally got in another female artist, Dolly Parton. Yeah, really, really weird situation with her, though, about it, because she didn't want to be in. She didn't think she she was worthy of being in because she's not rock and roll. Yeah. And she came out and said that and she said, don't vote for me. And then like two, two weeks or so before the nominees came out, it's like somebody contacted her and was like, hey, you're going to get in. And she had to like wheel that back real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, if they put me in, I guess I'll accept it. And it's like, yeah. okay, Dolly, we know what's going on. But, I mean, she deservedly deserved. Yeah, I, I don't remember what we talked about with her, but I think it was in an episode. She's just an amazing person. Mm-hmm. Like, not only her music is phenomenal. She has like 30 freaking records and mm-hmm. done tons, tons of singles. But like, she's just a great person. Like, one of the things I learned about when we went to to Tennessee for Christmas last year. Uh, she like has given out books to kids for years and years and years, like just tons of books to get kids to read. She has Dolly Parton land, which is, uh, you know, an amusement park, but like, there's a lot of like humanitarian efforts that she does and uh, even puts into the amusement park. And yeah, she's, she's just a great person. Like I'm a big Dolly fan. Agreed. Agree, and I mean, deserves the entry too. Like, his just never, never stop. No matter what else she was doing, she was always putting music out too. Yeah, uh, I think she, she said, just like wrote a book with James Patterson too, which is weird. Did she really? Uh, I know by like she is estimated that she's written over three thousand songs. Hmm? That's a wild number. Well, aren't her two like wasn't the thing like her two biggest hits she wrote the same night? Is that right? Because like her manager told her that like she can't go out or something or that oh, she has oh, to Porter, stay in. Porter, no, that was Porter Wagner. They were they were together doing his his variety show, and she got her she basically got her start there, and she was trying to break away, um, to do her own thing, and I don't think he was letting her go. So I think she did. Okay, I'm conflating two things, but she did in fact. It is true that in 1972, she admits she had uh, recalled having a good writing day when she yeah. wrote Jolene and I Will Always, I will love, always you love You in the same yeah. day. Yeah. Which That's are crazy. amazing songs. It's un- it's unreal. Amazing songs. Yeah. I Will Always Love You is probably her most popular one. Maybe not by her own hand because Whitney Houston did the cover of it for Bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that song is a monster. 
And really, no shade thrown to Whitney Houston, but I prefer Dolly's version. That's just the fanboy in me, I suppose. But yeah, Dolly, uh, amazing. I'm so glad she's getting in. I'm glad she actually accepted it. Like she's like, okay, yes, fine, put me in. Yeah, you know, because she deserves it. She's she's just awesome. Next up, uh, another uh, half of this band is female. Uh, the Eurythmics. Yeah, getting put in. Yeah, kind of the surprise one I think this year. Like, there's always like one that kind of surprises you, and I think that's one of the surprise ones this year. Yeah, I didn't really expect Eurythmics to ever get in because I've never seen them as a big band. You know, like sure they had like a couple of singles in my mind, but never anything different to me. It definitely opens the door for the Devos and the new wave stuff. Yeah, they they definitely they had their they're kind of like strange genre bending way of doing music. Very of the time electronic. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I like, I don't really have a whole lot to say about them because I, I don't have any connection to them at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't really either. Their big thing was they did the sweet dream song, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was them. And then uh, the other, only other song that I know that they did was uh, the here comes the rain again. Those are the two that I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know that second one. I only know the first one. I only know. You know Here comes the rain again. Here comes the rain again is a good track. And I knew "Sweet Dreams" by Marilyn Manson Marilyn first. Manson. Yeah. Next up, one that you're probably not a huge fan of. You don't really care about. Eminem is getting put in this year. I mean, he's the headliner. He is the. Is he the headliner? You think? Yeah, hundred percent. He's the headliner. He's he's the one that's going to close it. I imagine. It, I mean, there's going to be a fight between the fans of the two co-headliners, but he's the headliner. He's the uh, first first ballot entry. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I he deserves it. Like like I said, like I said many times, just because I don't like Eminem doesn't mean I diminish what he's done. Yeah. Do I think that maybe they're putting this many women in because their headliner is known for talking about murdering women over <laughs> and over again? Possibly. Yeah. That might be something they're doing. But he deserves it. He's very skilled. He's definitely accomplished everything you can in the music industry. So. He's he a, it. I just not a fan. He was the best selling artist of the two thousands mm-hmm. of the aughts. Yeah. And he's a 15 time Grammy award winner. He is the first artist to have 10 consecutive number one debut albums on the billboard 200, which is crazy. That's a crazy, that's a crazy fact. It's a crazy statistic. Nuts. Yeah. The, he definitely has records that I'm not a fan of, but the records that he has that I do like, I love. He's done some really great, great stuff. And his skill, depending on how you look at it, I think he's gotten better and better up until a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody is a huge fan of Revival. That was kind of a, a flop of a record, although it had to been a number one debut on the Billboard because it's one of his... 10 records, but it's kind of flopped. Uh, I really, really loved Recovery, though. I think that album was phenomenal. The Marshall Mathers LP is... That holds a special place in my heart. That thing is wild. Uh, Just how absolutely dark it is and how it came out after the Slim Shady LP. It's awesome. I, I like Eminem. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna abstain. I don't because I don't. I don't want to shit on him because no. I, I. Like I said, I believe he, you know, deserves it. But I'm not yeah. a fan, so I don't want to input here and make it seem like we're just shitting on Eminem. Right. So let's move on to Duran Duran because they're getting in this year. Hungry like the wolf. Yeah, that's the co-headliner. You think that's so? the co-headliner? Yeah. Really, I'm just going backwards alphabetically. <laughs> I have no rhyme or reason for this. Uh, just, okay, I was wondering why the one that you're saying, like the one I haven't heard yet, isn't happened. I'm like, what's happening here? Yeah, no, but, it's just okay. backwards alphabetically. Uh, Duran Duran, pop icons of the '80s. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Rio. Uh, everybody, everybody knows, knows Rio. Hungry Like Hungry a Wolf. Like wolf. Yeah, Girls on Film was a big one for them. Yeah, huge. They had some really, really big albums in the '80s. I think Rio was the name of an album. Seven and the Rage, uh, Seven and the Ragged Tiger. And notorious, uh, three albums that really put them over the top of the time. They had crazy music videos. They really took the medium of the music video and made it cinematic. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they made them short movies. The hungry like the wolf video, I remember distinctly. That was crazy. 
think I slightly remember Rio a bit, but they were uh, MTV darlings for a while. I mean, they they made MTV. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Like, MTV wouldn't be what MTV is if they didn't do what they right. did. Uh, they were also one of the first bands to do their own, like, 12-inch mixes of, uh, like, remixing records and stuff. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were dance hall, a dance hall smash because they would make more dancey versions of their dancey pop songs and play them in nightclubs. I'm into that. So, yeah, Duran Duran getting in this year. And then lastly, um, another female artist, Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo. Yeah, arguably Pat Benatar, one of the biggest snubs up to this point. Like she should have been in, should have been in many years ago, many many years. Agreed. Man, hit me with your best shot. That song's a banger. Love is a battlefield. Another one. We belong. That was a huge one. Benatar and Geraldo together created a sound that deeply impacted the sonic landscape of the '80s. Their achievements include two certified multi, multi-platinum studio albums, 10 golden platinum releases. Benatar dominated the Grammys in the 80s, winning four consecutive awards beginning in 1980 and garnering a total of nine nominations. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, like I said, she should have been yeah. in many years ago. Yeah. Hit Me With Your Best Shot alone was unreal. Heartbreaker, unreal. Yeah, uh, a little little trivia here I picked up. Uh, the video for You Better Run aired as the second ever video on MTV, making Benatar the first female artist to, sh- to be put on MTV, and Geraldo became the first guitarist to appear on MTV. That's crazy. What's the first video? Wasn't it Video Killed the Radio Star? Was it? I don't know. I think so. And there were no, there were keyboardists, not guitarists. I, yeah. I have a tiny bit of trivia, just one line here that Ooh. is actually pretty staggering. I love it. In the year 1983, mm-hmm. there's no point in that year where an inductee isn't strongly represented on the Hot 100. Is that right? Not one week of 1983 is there a time when there's not one of these inductees at least on the charts. There's many times where four or five of them are all on the charts at the same time. That's cool. That's a cool bit of trivia. That's all I brought to the table. That's fantastic, though. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, love it, hate it. It's still there. You can do both. I kind of simultaneously do both. Like, I love it for the artists that get in, even though it doesn't really mean anything. And then I hate it because the Hall of Fame are, it's an institution that (laughs) gatekeeps. And I don't like that. Yeah. But you're, I mean, there's a lot of artists in there that, that, I'm happy are getting represented. Some artists this year that I'm happy are getting represented, but I'm more upset about the ones that aren't getting represented than I am happy about the ones that have been represented. Absolutely. Yeah. So they have a long way to go, but they're, they're getting there, I guess. We'll see what next year. Hope. (laughs) Yeah. That's the hope that they're working on it. I, every year I hate and love the announcement <laughs> of who's yeah. getting in, you know, uh, but this year I think overall is pretty solid. I hate the nomination announcement because every time I look at them, I'm like, well, that, they're not getting in. They're not getting right. in. Right. Yeah. In. I hate that too, but we'll, we'll see what next year brings. Yeah. I <laughs> hope, I hope they put a couple more metal bands in if I'm going to say anything, but again, if they put a bunch of metal bands in, there's only so many metal bands with female artists and artists of color. So let's also work on that. Yeah, please. We 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 talked and decided that we haven't been putting records of the week in these episodes that aren't yeah. us breaking down an album. So we're going to start to try to do that. And this is the first one we're going to do that. So Scott, do you have a record of the week? I do. It's uh, Behemoth's latest record, Opus Contra Nocturum. Uh, the U's being V's, not mm-hmm. U's. Um, we've talked about Behemoth a few times. I'm a big fan. This one is is good. Okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I like it. I like it a lot. But um, the production is really, really kind of clean and over the top. You wanted it dirtier? I, I love Dirty Behemoth. I'd probably like this album a lot then. You might. It's really good. I'm I'm happy I own it. But yeah, I just a, a little bit more gritty is what I'm a fan of. Yeah, all I'm hearing is that I need to listen to it because that sounds like something that I would get down on. 
I love, I love it. it. Just razor clean, razor sharp, surgically yeah. clean. I'm in. Right. But then, then, yeah, you might, you might enjoy it. So give it a listen. I may throw it in the rotation. I may have to. I like it. My record of the week. Hmm, I have a few. Uh, let's just say St. Anger again. Let me say St. Anger. No, stop it. <laughs> uh, my record of the week is. Uh, it's by the artist Big Walk Dog. One word, Big Walk Dog. Okay. <laughs> uh, the album's Trick City. It's a, I think he's one of Gucci Mane's artists. Okay. Gucci Mane pops up on this record a bunch. It's just trap music, man. It's a It's a yeah. good ass trap album. I haven't heard, I haven't heard a really good, what I consider trap album in a while. Right. And this thing is it. I think it's great. It's, it's it's longer than I was expecting, but I still enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, oh, I, I had no idea who Big Walk Dog was beforehand. Never heard of him. I'm a fan. And I've even listened to a lot of like Gucci's records mixtapes, and I've never heard him. So maybe oh, wow. a new artist he found. I don't know. But Big Walk Dog, Trick City, that's my album of the week. <laughs> when are we going to get a trap artist in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <sighs> who would it be? T.I. You know how many record? You know how many projects Gucci Mane's put out? I'm sure a ton. I think it's like 400. Holy cow. Yeah, like that's mixtapes and albums. Like it's insane. Yeah, like Gucci Mane continues to just pump out. For years, he was putting 20, out, 20 projects out a year. Like it's insane. God, how can he do that? Yeah, I don't know who gets in, man. 3-6 Mafia? I know you're a fan. They have a Grammy. Do they have a Grammy? Yeah, they won it for that hustle and flow. It's hard mm-hmm. out here for a pimp. Oh, yeah, it is hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at AOLPod. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Go tell a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board about us. Because (laughs) they'll love it. They'll love my comments. In 25 years, you can expect us to get uh, nominated. 24 years. 24, because we're in season two now. That's right. <laughs> Other than that, thank you for listening, Scott. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for thank doing you all the it. research I refuse to do. I love it. I'm a big and fan. And are you listening? Are you listening? Say you, say me. You wanted it dirtier? Wild that Bruce Springsteen has a stranglehold on the entire Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I love Dirty Behemoth. That's all I brought to the table. It is hard out here for a pimp.